What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show, LE2B. I'm Tom McCaffrey. I'm here with Eric B. We have a guest, uh, returning guest, Miley Heckerling. How are you? Yeah. I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I just want to comment on that song choice. That was very interesting. Does that relate to something going on or just feeling like 1982 kind of? Who is that? Grandmaster Flash? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's uh, White Lines. That's a song about cocaine. I really like the intro. It made me feel like I was in a Winter Fresh commercial or something. <laughs> do you do you know that song, Molly? I do. Yeah. yeah, I feel like it's a it's a song that you hear when you're coked up at a at a club or something like that. Yeah. You, do you much. like the the Duran Duran cover version where Duran Duran is rapping? Oh my god, I have I have not heard that one, but I yeah. I have issues with Duran Duran. Um, <laughs> Oh, do tell. <laughs> I've never I was, heard I was issues like personal issues. And, uh, and Rio came on, and I was like, "I'm not going to come. This just isn't going to happen." <laughs> wait, what? Wait, wait. So, wait. Someone played Rio, and you, you didn't go to their party. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. Oh, that's you were the, having sex the, with uh, someone. Wholesome John Mulaney version. Yeah. I don't so, think that he's so wholesome anymore. I thought the Renderen's good for sex, though. But I guess it's the song. It's the song choice, right? Like if it's like hungry it like the wolf, it's like that's a good sex song, I would imagine. Right. Yeah. You know what it was? I think it's like the line in Rio about like the Rio Grand, and it just sort of has like a cheesy sort of rhyme scheme for me. Were to... you um were you having sex with Simon Lebon at the time? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Would you do that if you were a rock star and you had like famous songs like Rio or Hungry like what would you put on your song? You're like, yeah, let me just put something on, baby. And then Yeah. I, I wouldn't be able to come to anything else. Do you um since we're on this topic, so do, do you, does music help or or hinder it? It depends. I, I think like uh, you know, the misphonia that I have sort of fucks me, whether I'm eating or like, you know, having sex. It's like if it's the wrong noise, all of a sudden I'm just like you. mentally removed or enraged. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's more a woman thing. I think dudes can kind of figure it out no matter what. I don't what. know. I mean, like if you were having sex and all of a sudden like it's raining men came on, I mean, I don't want to be, it's not like a homophobic thing. It would kind of throw you though, wouldn't it? A yeah, little bit? but I don't yeah. know. I think when you're a younger guy, you could probably you, still you, you finish power- with like sounds of like animals being murdered. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> the weirdest song that ever came on when I was hooking up with somebody was... um. You know the Menomina song from the Muppets? Uh, <laughs> no. How does that go? Oh, come on. Menomina. Oh, oh yeah. You the, like, like the me. main song? Yeah, I was in the middle of blowing him, and I was like, what is this? And he was like, it's happy blowjob music. Don't stop. <laughs> what? That guy sounds fucking weird. It was Max Landis. <laughs> what was whoa, So whoa, he whoa, was whoa. weird. Oh, Max Landis, the guy. Is that John Landis's kid? Yeah, I guess I shouldn't I shouldn't go on record with all of that. Um but yeah, this was ages ago before he turned into a complete Yeah, he was kind of monster. he was kind of me, me too, right? Or something or something. Yeah. Oh, and funny story. Um he was bragging me once about hooking up with like what? 
he was accused of sexually sexually harassing the Muppets. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he stuck his hand up one of their asses. Um, no, he uh, he was bragging to me about looking. Can you hear Kristen this, Stewart? Oh my god! Stop! I'm, I'm getting PTSD. From- <laughs> All right, sorry. I put you um, in the mood. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, it took but- me right out of it, and then I had to use some Jedi mind control shit to get back into it. Um. But yeah, he was bragging to me about hooking up with Kristen Stewart, and then he was dating this other girl, Dylan Meyer, for years, and now she and Kristen Stewart are getting married. Wow. Wait. So he basically brought them together, kind of? Sort of. Maybe it was like a support group that they... Wait, he was bragging to you about... Kristen Stewart or yeah like years ago and and I'm such a dumb fuck I was like who's Kristen Stewart who's like the chick from Twilight was it pre-Twilight um, was it pre-Twilight no it was post-Twilight oh, okay I think like pre-American Ultra probably gotcha so you um, so yeah we, we we talk about this so you, you grew up and you had this like kind of very Hollywood Hollywoody childhood um this hollywoody alan e child yeah yeah um so like you just kind of you'll you'll have stories that are just kind of these random normal stories to about your childhood but it'll be like it'll involve like max landis or something um shamefully (laughs) yes um this is a this is a question i don't know if you so i'm i was just listening to a podcast about brett easton ellis um who's that exactly and uh (laughs) You know who that is, right? Yeah, that's Less Than Zero, right? He's like the big writer of the 80s, right? Yeah, Less Than Zero. And they were talking yeah. about when, you know, because he grew up in L.A. and he Less Than Zero came out. And do, do you remember, I mean, you probably like, were you born when Less Than Zero came out? Like that came out what in 85. What year was that? 85. I was born in 85, yeah. So it's like. Oh, so you probably. Like, I, I was aware of it as an infant is aware of light in a room. <laughs> but did you, were you aware of it later? No, she doesn't no know what I it don't is. really know what that is. Oh, wow. Really? I thought you were kidding. Oh, he, he mm. became this like cultural like icon. And they were talking about how it was a lot. It was like one of the only times where like a writer became this huge celebrity. It was because he was like 20 and he was from L.A. and he was writing about mm. the generation and with kids in L.A. and how they were like such a mess. And was right. wasn't it was in the movie Robert Downey Jr. was like a drug addict. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is a drug addict. He, he was I very believable. He, he became yeah. a drug addict in real life to prepare for <laughs> He did a lot of research for the role. Well, I remember watching it as a kid. Be like, wow, everyone was like, he's so good in this. He seems like he's on coke the whole time. And you're like, <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah, so the, method. Yeah, he looked. Oh, so I did, So basically, I guess that's what I was going to ask. Since you grew up in L.A. and kind of that, you know, because Brett Easton Ellis grew up kind of in, in the Hollywood scene. His parents were in the industry. Did you experienced a lot of people like that like it was kind of like a wild just kind of kids with too much money who were like out of control and didn't give a shit about anything but yeah and you know to be fair i'm sure i was that person too or you know still am that person on a level where it's just like i would have the license to be the massive fuck up that i am were it not for you know being a child of privilege but yeah, I mean, it's a weird bubble to grow up in. And it feels like also, um, I mean, it's a little different, but people who are also like child actors too seem like they get swept into it. Um, I don't know. The whole the whole reality is just very stilted. And you probably um, were around a lot of these like child actor people, right? Or, or 
sort of yeah i mean you know and even the clueless people were young when i met yeah yeah and i have a question about that and i you know what i should have done some research but i know there's a documentary out which i didn't see about Brittany murphy yeah i didn't watch it either though yeah yeah did you you must have talked you must have talked to her and stuff right yeah i like you know when i was a kid she and her friend joel mikeley um you know they hung out with me and you know we all went out for the day and um, they were really cool to me. She was really sweet. It's like so fucking sad how I don't know how all that went down. How it seemed like she just got really Hollywoodified and well, I didn't really know the story. And... Yeah, it, basically, so what... it's basically she married this guy who was just kind of controlling her and kind of destroyed her. Basically, really, um, yeah, kind of. He was like, so forced... weird. Did you was meet him you... ever? No, I never met him. He, you know. I think she he was also what, later. Was she, was she the guy you were sleeping with her and when Rio came on? <laughs> <laughs> he looks like a guy who would smash to Rio. Uh, or this yeah, song. Totally. <laughs> I got the wrong thing. All right, sorry. I was like, yeah, that's a good one. Is that <laughs> That was the bridge. That's a good one for the studio audience. Um, um yeah, he came along later and he died shortly after she did. I think like a year later. Yeah. What, but, and, but wasn't uh, she anorexic? Was that her thing? Yeah, she lost a lot of weight. Like she dyed her hair blonde. And yeah, and clueless. She's not, mold. she's, um, what's the cherubic? A little, uh, I, voluptuous. Voluptuous. Yeah. yeah. It was more yeah. probably like baby weight, though. She was pretty young, though. Yeah, she was really young. I think she, she was, was super. Um, I think she was like sixteen or something in that. She was the youngest person on set. I think in that movie, not on set, like you know, just in, uh, playing the main characters. Um, and she was like always, um, like attached to her mom a lot. I think like she didn't really know how to drive, and her mom was always driving her everywhere. Like even as she got older, it sort of seemed like they had this like really sweet, but also really sort of like codependent relationship. Yeah, um, I, she. Um, so people, yeah, was, people forget also that she was big. She was, you know, like an A lister for a few years. Yeah, and she was she, an amazing actor. I mean, I saw her in uh, a production of View from the Bridge with Anthony LaPaglia. Like, she was just really brilliant. Yeah, people. She. I, I remember, you know, because when that came out, Clueless, the um, it was kind of like thought that. Alicia Silverstone was going to be the big breakout star and, you know, Stacey Dash maybe. And then Stacey Dash. But then uh, Brittany, Brittany Murphy didn't. Uh, she was the one that broke out and the other ones. She kind of surpassed them. And then it was just she all of a sudden she was just like dead. Really young too, like 32 or something. Yeah. Stacey Dash turned out to be um, what's the word? Uh, cunt. I say yeah. That? yeah. No, she's doing great now. Like a, like I, a, like a right winger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, the Fox News guys love her because it's just like we have our token black woman with <laughs> white features who espouses our ideology. Was she when you were on the on set with yeah, her? She was she, Candace Owens she, before Candace Owens. You know? Was she spewing a lot of right <laughs> right wing propaganda at you when you were on set? No, no, but I don't. You know, we never. I she was there and she had her son Austin, who was like six at the time, and. um I don't, you know, we didn't talk about, I don't remember talking to her much. She was nice at the time, but like we didn't, you know, she wasn't going to talk to a nine-year-old about conservative politics. I just think it's funny that uh, they would use her as like a mouthpiece for them and Fox. They're like, all right, we have somebody who's going to straighten things out and tell us how it is. The girl from Clueless. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but I have this question. We were just talking about right before you went on. Um, 
apparently now a lot of these Generation Z types or whatever, they watch these old TV shows or movies and they find them very offensive. Like Friends, you've heard that before, right? Like some of these young people, they really find Friends offensive, you know, because they make a lot of gay jokes and everything like that. Mm, but then okay. someone someone told me yesterday that they're, they're having the same feeling for the movie Clueless. But mm. I don't I don't know what would be in that movie that would be like that. that um, would, that would you mean like it was it what issues with like homosexual jokes or no, just like I mean, just generally the, the super woke, stuff. super woke people like I, I, I mean, think that, you know, there's always stuff that you could probably pick out from anything that, you know, uh, I mean, especially you heard that stuff before that's or not. Have you ever huh? heard of, have you heard that about Clueless? No, I haven't, but I'm trying to think of stuff that could come off as problematic. Um, I mean, maybe because she was like ditzy or something, but I don't think that's that bad. Like Maybe her- like, you know, maybe the way the black characters are written, maybe the stuff that's said about Christian or, um, you know, not the, oh, I mean, yeah. so like the cake boy thing, maybe. Um, but I, I thought uh, that I thought that depiction of the, the gay character was actually a very positive one. I thought so too. I didn't yeah. think he was like outlandishly stereotypically like gay in the sense that like, you know, the way writers always default to writing gay where it's yeah. like everyone's Ethel Merman all of a sudden. Yeah, he was like a um, badass. Just he, like a normal gay guy. Um, yeah, they they, they were hanging Britney Murphy off the off the side and he stopped. Them, I have huh? I have no idea what yeah. they would what issue anyone even friends, I'm sort of like I, I mean, we're at that. It's been happening the last four years. We're like, we're at that point in my life where I, I'm just like one of those people now who's like, I don't understand. Like, well, this new generation. Well, yeah, like, but Friends has a lot of like, as a lot of shows did in like the '90s, some gay jokes. You know, just saying gay. I know, a, but like, and also like some trans. I think there was some. Wasn't one of the parents they were transgender? Morgan Fairchild was chandler's father who turned oh, into a woman she, oh, it, it's um not morgan fairchild it's uh kathleen turner yeah no no there was the other one though no no because i think oh you're right, no, you're right you're right morgan fairchild i think right. is um the mom right and then she and then the dad is but you ever turner. you ever watch it a show that i actually like uh from like 10 or 15 years ago it's like a really meat and potato show but it's funny king of queens you ever watch king of queens i used to like king of queens a lot and uh, it's so silly because like you know, on the surface, it looks so stupid. And then you watch it and you're like, Jerry Stiller is amazing. Yeah. Leah Remini's amazing. It's more Pat clever. Oswald and um, yeah. Rachel Dratch. Yeah, honest, mean, yeah, it's much more clever than it looks. But you do watch it and you see they make a lot of gay jokes in it. You know, I as think, like, you know, you know? no one's going to. I think I think that in general, things should be judged within the parlance of their times. And that doesn't mean that everything about the times is great. Right. Um, And we should like take those things and try to learn in the present. But I also just think generally not everyone's going to agree on everything. And, you know, sometimes people make offensive comments and they try to backpedal and be like, it's a joke. And it's like, you're making an argument in bad faith and, it's kind of like I, mean, the, I don't um, know. You're just not going to please everybody, and it's like it's, I don't know. Go with your gut. Be genuine. Try to be nice. And if some people don't like it, then you know, yeah. just try to deal with people hating you a little bit. Well, it's weird <laughs> how they the wokeness and they cancel. They, there are a lot of things that never get referenced um, that I watch now. I can't think of one off the bat, but I was watching something recently, and I was like, "How is this not being attacked over and over?" Because um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff. Just I don't know what uh, what why people just will pick and choose 
what gets can I guess it's whoever is behind it, who they're mad at at the time. But it's funny you say the saying it's a joke excuse. That's exactly like what that representative Gosar did yeah. with um, mm-hmm. the uh, video of um, the anime of killing AOC. AOC. Um, right. It, like he's just like, it's a joke. What? Like I, I, I hate not even just in any context. I hate when anyone just like friends of mine would, they, someone would do something shitty and they always just go back on the, it's a joke reference. Well, the, yeah. And the, the, but the, there's that, that's what these guys always do. They do something like racist or like dog whistle racist. And then mm-hmm. they pretend it's a joke. But the one thing right. about, do you know that about that video? You probably heard about it, right? Yeah, I did. Um, but and apparently, uh, apparently the oh. cartoon or the anime that they pulled from where they, mm-hmm. I guess, superimposed uh, her head on there is a uh, anime or whatever it is that white nationalists really like. It's a very popular in that group. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you're like sending out messages without really saying it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. Yeah, it's because it's all like visual code in a way, right. like the hand gestures and the, you right. know. He said um, it was protesting um, amnesty or something. Yeah. Um, it was protesting amnesty and demanding more fan service. Um Right, That's an anime right. term where they throw in like sexy stuff for the anime fanboys. Oh, okay, cool. Um, we have a big anime fan. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I've watched too much. I've been forced to watch too much Evangelion. Um, oh, your which kids, now that I your say kids it, like I hope it, or doesn't you're... have any white supremacist followers. Um, <laughs> Who watches that? Jason likes it because it's it's got oh. a lot of um, surrealist spiritual connotations, um, mm. and it's just weird. Really, but. Um, yeah, I mean, more to the point, like going back to the joke thing, it's sort of like, yeah, jokes like have punchlines. And if you're just standing up there being like, oh, I don't like blah, or I want to kill so-and-so, it's like, I don't know, that right. doesn't sound like a it's joke. A joke. <laughs> yeah, it's me murdering uh, another member of Congress. Don't you get it? <laughs> it's hilarious. Fine. <laughs> You people are too sensitive. Right, that's what Hitler should have done. You guys, it was a joke. <laughs> Got out of hand. Leave, I was choking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, um, it's great. As crazy as that guy is, that Bobert, you know, you, you see what she did. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did know, she Bo- do? She went yeah, on yeah. the. She was. They were. They censured Gosar, and then she made a big speech on the floor of Congress about and with wild conspiracy theories with crazy. Like she's a lunatic. She's right. just a nut, and uh, yeah. she's ver- very popular now in the Republican Party. Because I think it's amazing that someone like that is even allowed on the floor. But the funny thing was, my, in my Twitter trending topics, it said Gozer and Bobert, like one on top of the other. And then I thought, that's the funniest idea for a Congress-based buddy comedy. <laughs> of just these two awful human beings. Gozer and Bobert? Yeah. Yeah. They they do this is a good segue. They sound like the uh the villains in Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, they should have been. You could have Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Green as the wacky neighbor, you know. 
Um, oh my god, that'd be hilarious. Yeah. So yeah. you just so we were on your Instagram. I saw you. You just went to the Ghostbusters Afterlife uh, premiere. Yeah. When was um, that? It was uh it was on Monday, and it was at Lincoln Center, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I think Jason Reitman really wanted me and Violet to be there as sort of like the, you know, familial, you know, presence to be like, yay, we we like and or condone this is movie your, is your dad is your dad's character referenced in it it must be right Vanker? yeah i mean i can't say what's spoilers his, what's um, what's he, what was your dad's character's name Spangler? egon 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 right yeah which i'm I'm actually wondering and i asked violet and she doesn't know but i'm wondering what that name is based on i should do some research because i know that like between his stoniness and dan Aykroyd's ghostliness there must be like some meaning or reference to that name was, um, was, was rick moranis there or no no he wasn't there but i love i don't I think he wants to go to the upper west side anymore what? he's just like an awesome recluse yeah and he <laughs> like just records his music and writes his funny little pieces for local magazines and is yeah, awesome but, every, but he gets punched in the face you, you remember that stuff <laughs> like he, he can't just, walk around this do you remember that when, when he just yeah. yeah yeah like a year ago he got he got beaten up or something <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, because he's so awesome, it makes people enraged and they just want to punch him. Yeah, right. That's basically um, what that guy, that guy just didn't know how to deal with his feelings for the, the Honey, I Shrunk the Kids franchise <laughs> ending. How much of a douchebag do you have to be? Even if you didn't know he was famous, look at Rick Moranis. That's the guy you want to punch in the... I mean, are you kidding me? I know you couldn't pick that like a less like, you know what I mean? Like, that's like the most like... I've never heard anyone not like Rick Moranis. Right, but even if you didn't you know, know who was... Stand? Yeah, but even if you saw the, the guy, a small guy with glasses like that, like why would you do that? Like what kind of piece? But of I'm shit wondering are you? who was the culprit? Like what did he look like? Was he like the one guy in the world who's just as nebbishy as Rick Moranis and had a bad day and sees him and goes, "Oh, I could take this guy." Yeah, exactly. What um? So, so you, is that movie is that movie out yet? No, it's not out, right? It's coming out on the 19th, I think. Can you tell, um, did you, did you like it or what, what's your, what's your, th- what's your thoughts on this one? Cause I have some thoughts on it, but. Did you see it? I didn't see it, but I've seen the trailer and I just, it's just sort of the thing. The problem I have with Ghostbusters is like, I like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have any problem, but like, I thought the first one was pretty good. I don't love it. I, it's weird. how It's mm-hmm. become this thing that like everyone, they keep having to like, um, you know, reboot and re- and continue on with. It. I mean, I, I get it because it's money, but, right, um, but didn't you say you hated the female one because you didn't think females should be ghosts? Like you said, I hate women in movies. I basically right? said I hate women. And right, I remember that. Work, yeah, and, and it ruined your they childhood. They shouldn't get. Yeah, well, that part's a little true. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's a half um, truth. <laughs> no, I just didn't think. I mean, like, I have no problem with the the women reboot. I just didn't think it was funny, and I didn't really. Um, see the it was just like a bad version of ghostbusters so that's why this one i guess i'm a little when i saw the trailer i guess what annoyed me about it again seeing nothing it's like what they're doing now is they're like hey stranger things is really big let's do stranger Mm. things but now ghostbusters so it's like oh yeah i didn't even think of that because i feel Um, like they're doing that a lot now where they i mean there's even kid the kid from stranger things is even in it and like like they did it with the movie it like it took place in the 50s and then they were like we're going to make it the eighties. And it was like a year or two after stranger things. And it's like, Oh wow. I went, this is it's some kids in the eighties riding around on their bikes, trying to like fight some supernatural thing. So right. um, that's kind of, that's just what sort of annoyed me about that. It's just sort of like, um, 
and Jason Wright, to, what Jason Reitman directed the, the new one yeah he directed it oh. and he co-wrote it oh, wow. um, yeah it's getting pretty I good forget reviews the other the other writer's name um and yeah I didn't even think of the uh the stranger thingsification of things in general but um that you know that tracks um did you, guy, you've seen the original Ghostbusters, right? In the original Ghostbusters? No, did you see the original? Of course, yeah. And I saw the second one, and I, I tried to watch the one um, with uh, Leslie Jones and Kate McKinnon. And, you know, I love all those actors. Um, and I just felt like the the writing wasn't there. I felt like they just sort of thought, like, we'll get these funny women, we'll assemble them, we have this franchise. It kind of just felt like it was a little bit... Um, half-assed it did um, and also the fact that like they were like hey you know we're gonna have it was like the rick moranis character kind of the funny kind of dorky sidekick guy is uh chris hemsworth all right yeah um, like oh he's, he's hilarious so he doesn't know how glasses work or something but it's um, like that's the guy the 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 biggest the most the best looking guy in the world is the funny sidekick dork guy like i don't is he known for his comic timing it would have been funny if they hired him just to be a total himbo, and that's all he did around okay. the office was, right. you know. Well, I have, I have a pitch right now. You want to hear my pitch? Because we're doing, mm -hmm. like, sequels to famous 80s know. movies. Here it goes. All right. So, Look Who's Talking. You can pitch this to your mom. All right. We're working on a reboot of Look Who's Talking, so maybe I shouldn't hear any of this. No, no. This is, this is my idea. This is good. So, you know the baby who, like, mm -hmm. talked? Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think I remember that from the right. movie. So, the baby grows up. Mm -hmm. And he he also talks, and that's like he's just an adult who talks. But, that's so crazy. It. I never would have imagined him <laughs> growing up to talking. So when he talks, but, it it won't be as funny anymore. But he right, you know, right. And yeah. everyone will and be like, "Hey, look who's talking!" <laughs> <laughs> I just I just wanted to give you the idea for the worst movie ever made. That was my idea right there. Where so my mom's manager and her for the past few years have sort of been lobbying to reboot look who's talking and now we're actually working on it and i am sort of dreading it because it's like on the one hand who wouldn't step over their friend's rotting corpse to work with amy heckerling and yeah. on the other hand i feel like i'm being set up to fail a little bit because it's another reboot nepotism thing and i feel like i'll have to make it twice as good for it to be perceived as half as you mean like you, you, know you I mean? would be you be involved in what the production of it or like writing it and creating the it? Writing. I wouldn't I wouldn't direct it or you know, oh, it you was not that level of nepotism, but like I would be a co-writer. Do you want to hear my second pitch? Sure. All right. So the first is one was horrible. Is the first one? All right. So the the woman wants to have an abortion, mm -hmm. but she but she can't. She lives in Texas and she's like on I the run. <laughs> And then she's yeah. forced to give birth to the baby, and then that baby talks. And that's like only like at the end. The whole movie is really about like her being mm -hmm. forced to get to, to have the kid, and she really wants an abortion. Well, that, that sounds like a funny. Right. Uh, like <laughs> can we just can we actually turn it into like a, a road trip comedy where she has to leave Texas <laughs> yeah. under wraps to like get the abortion? Right. And then in right. the end, she gets it, so it's like a happy ending. And what is and what does the kid say at the way end? Sorry, this is why I'm not a screenwriter. See, so yeah. oh man, if you need a, a voice for a new Mikey voice, just uh, mm -hmm. let me know. Okay, I'd be gag. Be like, hey, look at that chick's tits. <laughs> <laughs> I want to suck we, on those. If we need a jaded, world weary 
Mikey voice. Right. That's actually one thing I was going to say about the Ghostbusters as a compa- compared to, I, and again, I haven't seen it, but it looks kind of more like, well, obviously it's probably well, more family so oriented. What? Let me, yeah. Can I, can I go off a little bit? Um, well, yeah, you're, you're the one who's, yeah, you're the one who was there with the, yeah, saw it. Um, so you're saying you, so hate I mean, the, like, you, you hated the movie. Yes. Obviously for PR purposes, I have to say I hated the movie. Um, right. No. I mean, it's, it's a good movie, but it is, it's, it's, uh, it's family oriented and, uh, it feels like it, um, harvests heavily from Violet and Mai's life where it's sort of like, you know, really the abandoned daughter of a ghostbuster is, you know, with her family exploring his old. Oh shit. Wow. Really? Did, 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 did did he tell you that or did you just piece that together? No, he did. Jason Reitman was really sweet about talking to me and Violet before he did all the things that he did in the movie so that we would be prepared. Oh, Um, this is, this takes a whole new level. So ghostbusters afterlife is based on your life. (laughs) A little bit. Uh, and wow. you're not one, that's not a joke that's true yeah no it's true it's very <laughs> okay, true wow. I, and uh, the other all day right. like you know the twitter amalgamation takes all the you know articles and like puts them together and comes up with a bullshit tag and it was like jason reitman used his complicated relationship with his dad while directing ghostbusters and part of me was like wait a minute like um oh that's I our see. Complicated like, oh, why didn't i do that um wow that's cr- that's crazy but uh, no, but uh, he didn't actually say that he it was just the Twitter amalgam coming up with a, a thing. He was he was talking wow. about like, you know, his complicated feelings about nepotism and being Ivan Reitman's kid and blah, blah, blah. Did you know um, him from I, before I or do you just know him now? I just met him now. Violet's known him since uh, they were kids. Um, OK. And he's nice. He's really nice. And um, well, he's like an yeah, established so, director. He's done. Yeah, good things. he's a great Did, director. Yeah. Didn't he do yeah, like exactly. up in the air or something? Um, do you direct he's, kids? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> he did Juno. And Juno, that was Tully the movie. And adult, yeah. adultish. No. Oh, or young or adult. Young adult. With yeah, Charlie's he was. And he was working with Diablo Kobe, Kobe for a while. Kobe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And now yeah. my friend Josh Trank is getting married to Diablo Cody. Who's who's that? Who's your friend Josh? He's the guy who he did Chronicle with Max Landis, and then they sort of had a falling out, and then he directed Fantastic Four. Um. Oh right, right. And uh, and yeah, didn't now they, he's marrying. Did people kind of get mad at that movie or something? <laughs> that I, think, I mean, yeah, I think you know that movie. I think they didn't just, like it or something. That movie seemed like it was a swirling toilet that engulfed everyone around it, including Josh. And I, I know he wouldn't get mad at me for saying that because he feels the exact same way. No, it really did. It it had like bad pride. It, I remember when it was coming out, it got a lot of like which bad. one? Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. I think it was because they owned the IP to it and they had to like do something with it before. It's like you have to like produce yeah. something if you own it within a certain amount of time and so they kind of like rushed it so that they yeah. can hold on to the that's what they I mean, do with the spider oh he uh, also by the way jason ryman directed whiplash which is that's a great movie i never saw that what he directed that yeah that's a great fucking movie. are you sure we'll have to check that out i'm looking at imdb right now so you know how could how could that lie he directed me? whiplash wow that's a big one all right have you seen so are you um have you seen any movies in the theater recently, Molly? Like uh No, that's the only thing I've seen in the theater in like the past 
fuck, like two years now. Well, you know, almost. so I was thinking this. So, like, you know, I felt like movies were kind of um, struggling before the pandemic, but. Mm-hmm because everything was kind of moving towards like the Marvel, you know, it's all like superhero Marvel movies because they had to make their money back. But now after the pandemic, I've, you know, and I was a guy who really loved to go to the theater just to get out of the house. Just, I would go see bad movies just to oh, get out of the Oh, by the way, house, he didn't, he didn't direct He didn't direct it. He produced it. Sorry. Yeah. I, 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 some other guy who okay. I forgot. Um, yeah. So. Um, Excellent. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was that? so I, I would say so like even now with, with they're doing the thing where they release movies on streaming too mm-hmm. um it's hard to get me to go to see movies and i was a guy who like so what do you think like do you think movies will come back i mean do you think people will go to see movies again or like do you have a take on that or what it depends on the movie because there are some movies that people specifically want to see in theaters because they're supposed to be the big like wah immersive experience. Right. Um, so Marvel fans will inevitably go back to movies because they want to see it in IMAX or whatever the shit. Um, some people just really enjoy, like you said, you know, getting out of the house and the communal experience of movies. Mom always loved going out and just seeing whatever was playing sometimes just to be like, oh yeah, I saw that. What a piece of shit, or whatever. Or oh, right, really that's how I it. was because there. I think that's what I mean. Like there was a communal experience, like for, you know, from like the time when I got into movies. Like that's what it was. Like when I was a kid, I don't know if it was like when you were a kid, but like when I would go to the movie theater, it was like this magical experience. Like it was like otherworldly, and you'd see like you know the the cutouts of movies coming out and the posters and it was like oh my god now i feel like i go to a movie theater and it feels like going to like it feels very like why am i here i could have just stayed home like i had well, pit pants yeah. on and came here yeah. well the funny thing i think i brought it up this up once before is like these places now they try to step up the movie going experience like mm-hmm. this i pick place have you ever been to one of those no. Is that like the 4D where they make the chairs move and stuff? Yeah, I've heard about those, but the iPick, I don't know. This was right before the pandemic. You would go, you could go there, you'd spend like $40 a ticket, and they would give you like a blanket and a pillow. <laughs> a it's like the a, first class movie experience. Right. But I'm like, so if you want to watch a movie. Yeah, but if you want to watch a movie in bed, why don't you just watch a movie in bed? Like, I don't understand why you would pay that much. Well, have you been? Yeah. I went to a movie theater recently and they installed those chairs that you can lean back. And like, I was kind of at first like, oh, yeah, this is cool. But then, like, I went to one recently and they make it so literally I'm almost laying down right. watching the, the movie. And I was like, yeah, I could just do this at home because now I'm like laying down, but I'm next <laughs> to someone talking. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, yeah, and people no. take their shoes off. They get really comfy when they're at the movies. They like stretch out and like right now. Know. That's the communal experience of maybe they should do that to make it more at home, to make it more movie like. Uh, I, th- I know, think they, they got- should release it the day it comes out, but also like they should have uh, a thing where they have people come over and like um, talk while you're watching the movie. <laughs> Or like doing shitty things to distract you. I think the movie, Crunk, movie th- crinkling plastic candies, and <laughs> right? Leaving popcorn on the floor. The movie theaters should just step up and just like they gotta go. They maybe they should have like just a woman blowing you while you're watching a movie. I, think I was gonna would... say they should have theaters for Netflix and chill yeah. instead of trying to move movies that way. Let's move the indoor experience the other way. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, there. I mean, movies are really. I don't know if you've been. Re- I mean, I've read a little bit, of, but they were already struggling before the pandemic. And I kind of pre- said it when when it happened. It was like I don't know that movies are ever really going to come back. I guess that's my point. I I didn't know if it was that I was older and movies are just different to me now. But it really is different. Like I, it used to be such a big deal going to a movie theater. Now it's very like why do I even, do I even need to be here? I'd go see movies and like, no one was, eat- I saw Wes Anderson's newest movie. What do you, do you guys like him? What is your thought That's, on him? I'm not sweet on him. And the ads for that movie look like, it looks like the cover of Sergeant Pepper. And so yeah, just like, does. this is too much. Um, right. It's like, we get it. You like- know, famous people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's, it's poor- Adrian Brody and it's edited quickly and, it's quirky and i'm do you have you seen a lot of his movies either of you like yeah i I saw the life aquatic and i've seen parts of the royal tenenbaums and i liked rushmore um right but you know i'm that one yeah that one that he made 23 years ago was good yeah (laughs) the best one that you know was the big out of the gate you know but i have the same thing no bottle rocket wasn't bottle rocket his bottle rocket yeah i think that was my favorite that was my favorite i think yeah, Bottle one, Rocket was. I think it was like the. Done. I think it was no, it was like the least pretentious. You know, I think, I think it's because he hadn't yet discovered what he his pretentiousness yet. You know, it was yeah. kind of funny watching him still like finding his way. Like it was kind of made by someone who didn't know what they were yet. Because I watched the French Dispatch and like his movies are becoming very like, um, you have to say you like them or you're like dumb. You know, that's the mm-hmm. pretentiousness of it. Like it just looks very like. Look, I, all the hot people uh, want to work with me, and like th- they're like the biggest actors in the world right now. Like this is how um, acclaimed I am. But you kind of are watching it. Like I watched it, and like I saw it with my girlfriend afterwards. I was like, I'm gonna have to go read up what I don't know what that movie was about. <laughs> like I had no clue what. And then I I literally did research after, and I was like, oh, that's what that was. You, you know what's so funny? <laughs> that's I, a mark of a good movie. How you said. Right? Uh, you know how you said that people have to say that they like it, Wes Anderson movies. Because mm-hmm. uh, the other day I was at a restaurant and I, it was a couple next to me and they were like on a first date. And the girl asked the dude, she's like, oh, Wes Anderson, do you like his movies? And you could tell he totally lied. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm a big fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, like All right, I really got- liked uh, Bottle Rocket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, this is a guy trying to get laid right now. He'll say anything. Yeah, yeah that's that should be like a um, a shit test that women have on a first date. Like, so uh, do you like Wes Anderson? <laughs> I love it. All right, I'm out of here. Um, right. Didn't yeah. you used to? Didn't you used to ask girls if they liked Mannequin Two? That was your test. <laughs> yeah, I would put on Mannequin Two while we, while they were blowing me. <laughs> yeah. um, what's what's the Star Wars movie with Jar Jar Binks? Is that Attack of the Clones? Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah Phantom don't have to Menace. act like you don't know what exactly what it is. <laughs> Phantom Menace for me is like, no, I mean, Star Wars for me is sort of like Ghostbusters for you, where I'm just like, I don't see what the big deal was really. And it's just a huge cultural phenomenon. Well, I, and now know, I'm going to get my head chopped off by everyone who says you must like Star Wars. Well, so like, well, but Phantom a- Menace was thought of a shit by every like that was the one that everyone hated. So, but yeah, also, but also, I mean, it's not a, a, a the stereotype. But women don't seem to like the Star Wars movies as much as men do. You know, some are, women are really into it. Yeah. Um, 
but a lot of women who are into it. I don't know what the difference is. I'm one of those assholes where it's like, oh, you know, saying you don't like something doesn't make you cool. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. I still don't like it. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Well, now, but did did you ever like (laughs) SNL? Oh, I mean, yeah, back in the day, I mean, it was amazing. It's funny, um, everything, it's it, these things that become institutions, <laughs> if you really break them down, what, whenever someone will like be like, yeah, I love that franchise, the the thing that they like is the thing from like 30 years ago, like we just did with like Wes Anderson. It's like, right. yeah, I liked Rushmore, yeah, in the 90s, before the millennium. And like Star Wars is the same thing. I had a joke about it where like, like Star Wars, diehard Star Wars fans don't seem to like Star Wars. Like whenever I, they'll be like, I love Star Wars, my favorite thing. And I'm like, what's your favorite movie? And they're like, the first two were good. The rest of them suck. And it's yeah. like, but your whole life is dedicated to this franchise. You haven't liked a movie in like 40 years. Um, right. Kind of how I felt about Ghostbusters a little bit. Like, the, I mean, when you really think it, like the first one was really beloved, but the second one was panned. And mm-hmm. then the the reboot with the women was not very good. And so with this one, I mean, this one clearly is just kind of being, you know, they're they're almost almost presenting it, I would assume, in like a way that kids would just like it on its own. You know what I mean? Like it's as like yeah. a standalone. It's family friendly. Um, it's less the slob comedy stoner vibe and more the you know, right. family adventure, which is kind of the, the the original one was kind of like that because it was like these grown men who were kind of schlubs and like losers. Yeah, that's how I sort of feel is like that's the element that's been missing from these reboots. And if if I was going to do it, it's like, you know, part of the fun is that they're schlubby kind of servicemen. Why not sort of mush Ghostbusters and Stripes or Police Academy together and have them all training regional Ghostbusters that are all just normal slobs? <laughs> right. Do you think um, I feel like I feel like culture is kind of what go ahead? What? No, I was gonna say that I like Ghostbusters, but I think that people discount how important Bill Murray was to that movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. wasn't just was wasn't John Belushi, John Belushi was the original choice, right? That yeah, he they, was supposed to be in it, yeah. Yeah, but, and then but they I don't, designed Slimer after him or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think it would have worked with John Belushi only because you know, uh Bill Murray's snarky. That's what it needed in that movie. It needed someone to kind of say what that, you know, be the voice of the audience to be like, what the hell is all this? This is ridiculous. Right. Cause he's kind right. of the, he's a slacker one that, yeah. you know, that's the thing I've noticed. I feel like, cause I, when, when we, my generation, when I was growing up, like we were raised on these slacker male icons who just kind mm-hmm. of like, um, the aloof male who just didn't give a shit about anything. Always had like a snarky comment. And, I feel like that really those people that I was raised on really shaped my persona, my personality. And then I feel like something changed where I would still be like that. And then even in comedy and I like I would do I would have that persona, but crowds seemed mad at me now yeah. about it. <laughs> they were mad at my half-assed entitled no, but like, guy. Like stuff. the snarky, sarcastic, aloof guy, I feel like became not as beloved as it was when I was being raised on it. Like, you know, Yeah, you know what I feel like? Um, I feel like there was a, I mean, and I'm not going to be like, you know, oh, it's hard to be a white guy because in a lot of ways it's still super fucking easy to be a white guy. But there was definitely a paradigm shift in the kind of like art that people wanted to consume where all of a sudden it wasn't the main focal point anymore and everyone was tired of it. So if that was who you were, people were sort of like, 
all right, that's enough out of you already. Yeah. Like, right now I go you. to movies and the white guys are like Wes Anderson movies. Yeah. You know? right. and I'm like, oh, I don't understand this movie. And, but you, you know, I mean, I can't say I don't understand it. And I saw it like at like Union Square and like everyone was like into it. I'm like, there's no way these people here are smarter than me. Like, you, no one gets it. <laughs> You have to have a broom handle mustache and a Burberry tie bow tie to understand it. Um, yeah, there's just like if I wanted, it's just I'll I'll go to the museum. I like and again, even I got caught up in it afterwards. I was like, yeah, I liked. Oh yeah, you know, I, I liked it. I liked it. Um, I really liked his use of blah. <laughs> right. All right. I'm so. gonna change the subject for a second because I got a clip queued up. Uh, I wanted to talk for a minute uh, about the the Kyle Rittinghouse thing. Have you everyone has everyone mm-hmm. been watching this? Yeah. Yeah. I've been, Ugh. this is like the third day of deliberations. Yeah. And you, now I was going to ask you a question because you're a lawyer and it seems Uh-oh. like. <laughs> I, I feel like people ask me things and I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, that happened to my girlfriend the other day. She was like, what is that called when they charge you with that? And I'm like, I don't know. She literally was like, you don't know. <laughs> you're like, I'm a homeschooled lawyer. <laughs> yeah, was like, and it it's was called like a crime. Thing. Yeah. I don't know. Where do they put people when they arrest? Them? I don't know. Jail. <laughs> yeah. I was sick that day in law school. I didn't miss that one. But no, it was hilarious. Cause she literally had a moment of like, finally calling me out. Like, you don't know. What are you talking about? <laughs> Well, so, all right, you you don't do a lot of trial work, I imagine, but it seems like now this has been going on a few days. So if it goes on a few days, what does that mean, you think? That deliberating from for a few days. I think that means you're... they're still talking. I will say, <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess you don't. <laughs> <laughs> what what th- this they kind are... of stuff I do I I can speculate on just because I do I think that when this whole thing that's been going on with the judge yelling, I mean, it's been such an awful case. It's like, let, let, let me case is like my, I got, I got Vinny. one clip. I got one clip queued up. So I want to hear this fucking judge. I like just ripping into the prosecutor. For, like, no more of my legal. Expertise. I don't know what it, it's just one. Cl- and it's almost like it was like a TV show. I couldn't believe it. It's like, you know, when you watch those t- law things on TV and the judge yells, cause you never really see that in a lot of trials, but here it is. Right. There's, your Honor, I, with all due respect... I'm not going to rehash the motion. That's absolutely untrue. It and is there's... No, no, no. Your arguments of record, my comments are of record, and why I ruled as I did is of record. There's nothing that I heard in this trial to suggest anything's changed, even if you're correct. All right. Well, it's just from like a time to kill. I feel like all these, like, <laughs> I feel like all these court, these, these trials you're seeing on TV now, it's like... They all take place in these like, you know, in the South and like places you would never see a real trial out of, right. you know, outside of like a movie where the like I said, my cousin Vinny, where I feel like that's where we're watching, you know, cause yeah. where they like wasn't the judge really mean to him because he was he was different. And it was clearly they were like racist against them because they were New Yorker. I mean, not racist. Not they were Italian. Yeah. 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 And all and all those John Grisham movies and books that the. the the judge is usually like yelling and he's like racist, you know, like, obviously. I, know I th- so the, the, the whole thing is that the, this judge clearly is, is favoring the defendant. I mean, that's kind of the main problem. So um, yeah. this seems like an open and shut case to me. And um, w- with the, with the, um, with the judge being so on the defense's side, I thought that the they were going to deliberate like the OJ trial, like for like four hours and then be like, yeah, no, he didn't do it. I will say that the fact that they're taking a long time is, is good because 
it's it shows that like there's like one or two people not yeah it seems like most of them want to acquit and one one or two of them don't want to but right. i think now it's gonna i think it's gonna be a hung jury which mm. is just as bad mm-hmm. what happens ter- if it's a hung jury they just they can try him again but i think a lot of times they just don't bother but they might consider such a serious it's just the thing that's so annoying is you look at him and you just look i mean how could you be on the jury and look at that kid and not hate him you know what i mean I- the 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 photos of him crying just for himself and being such a fucking baby after you gunned down all those people. Well, it's like, are you a little kid baby who's afraid of everything, or are you a badass with a fucking AR fifteen? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, what what are you? Did yeah. you see on on Twitter there was a lot of actors that were chiming in on the crying and they were saying how bad of a performance it was. They were just right. commenting on the acting. Because I don't really? know. Well, I that's the most it. enraging thing. Mm. <laughs> and, well, it's adding insult to injury, I guess. Um, it's like when a little kid is like they want to manipulate you and they pretend they're crying and they squeeze, but nothing comes out. Right. Well, he was crying about himself in the thing. Like he was like almost about how scared he was when it was happening. Um, and then these people were running at me. And I'm like, right, you just shot someone and you have a gun in your hand. <laughs> like, yeah. They were trying to stop you from killing people. <laughs> it's just so weird watching these defenses they come up with when they just when they're just murdering people. And then um, I, it's insane. He, I mean, do you know the street basically went out with this gun and then was uh, saying he was it, protecting people? It but, is mom, yeah. but I heard his mom drove him there. Yeah, didn't that. she? She drove him all the way there. It's the like when you finish gunning someone down and you're like, mom, can you come pick me up? I'm done. <laughs> Meet me in front of the looted store at nine. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, there was something else I was going to say about that. But uh, yeah, it's just kind of... Um, it's insane too, because like, uh, you know, not not, to, but you know, he shot white people. So I, I think that's probably why they're taking a little longer deliberating because it's <laughs> right. white people that he shot. Like that should have some kind of. Do you, this is a, a random. Well, thing. I, like, I talked to a, the I'm South not the, is just white. Well, go ahead. Wait. No, but I talked to a few black uh, people recently about it, and they're like, to be honest, they they were kind of like they don't care because it's, uh, you know, uh, they're more focused on the uh, other case. Where that they were hunting the black dude down, Aubrey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you know, and they is- they um they're not they they halted his death sentence, but then they still um they sentenced him to life without parole. No, wait. I think you're thinking of another thing. You, you think you're talking about the the guy that they're about to execute? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm no, sorry, no, you're right. I am thinking of another. There's thing. another he's, case he's that's talking going about the on. Ahmad Arbery, right? Right. Mm. The guy who was literally, I don't know, he just was jogging or something. And then they were in a truck and they shot him. And now that I saw the guy in the stand yesterday and he's like, it's so funny. They always go with the self-defense there. What they do is they take Mm -hmm. out their guns and start aiming it at people. And then they're like, and then the guy, you know, grabbed at my gun and I felt unsafe. And it's like, of course, he's grabbing your gun. You're chasing him with a gun. Like what? He's it's self, you know, it's the same thing with like the Trayvon Martin, where the guy was like, I felt unsafe. It's like, well, why did you start beating him up out of out of nowhere? He was defending himself. So it's like the stand your ground, but you have to go chasing after somebody for 50 feet with your gun because you're so afraid. I I think with with the black community, I think they're just like when they see the Rittenhouse thing, they're like, this is now white people are starting to see how crazy white people are you know for years black people were on the other end of that now they're they're white crazy white people are killing white people so i think to the white community it's like freaking us out 
Right. right. How about, the South is like really scary because I saw. Do you remember this was a case from? I just saw a documentary. I mean, it's an old case. It was the West Memphis Three in Arkansas. It was like these three young white kids from th- th- these three little kids got killed, and then they they blamed it on these three like white kids who they said were like Satanists or something, and um, they basically sentenced them to I think one of them to death and the others to mm-hmm. life, and they there was no DNA, nothing, and they had alibis. And I was like, how bad is the South, man? That they're fucking railroading white guys? Like that's like <laughs> maybe they saw those white guys hanging out with black guys, and they were like, not you. <laughs> no, and you know what? They're like not even they, they don't. They, it was totally they weren't even aware of how absurd it was. I was watching part of the trial, and they're literally one of the prosecutor's um, arguments was, well, they would wear all black all the time. So th- they literally got prosecuted for wearing black. That's how they shopped at a hot topic once. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> we once uh, heard them listening to uh, Sugar Hill Gang. <laughs> they were listening to Duran Duran, and I felt unsafe. All right, we brought it full circle. No, there. they were they were listening to this. I'm gonna regret telling you that story for the rest of my life, aren't I? Probably. <laughs> um, wait, wait, was, but talking what? about Muppets and and puppet, because you had your your show with the puppets. Uh, what was it called? Ratso. Yeah, Ratso? it was Ratso. Yeah. Yeah. How's that? So doing? um, I haven't done any more Ratsos in a while, but my mom's buddy Todd Masters, who um does special effects for everything, he did Look Who's Talking, Nightmare on Elm Street, Legion. Like he's just worked on everything. Yeah. Um, Child's Play. Um. Oh, I just and, rewatched uh, that. I love that movie. So he really liked the puppets and said that he'd be down to work on something with me. So he and I are um I'm I'm shooting a teaser in a couple of weeks about uh it's a puppet show about the North Pacific garbage patch. It's called Garbage Island. And <laughs> That's funny. We just thought it'd be like a fun environmentally. That you sounds know, a good conscious. name for one of those reality dating shows. Yeah. Instead of Love Island, Garbage Island. <laughs> yeah. It's just all full of people. It's just Staten Island. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, you I'm want to sorry. hear some? You want to hear something interesting about Staten Island? What? So, um, you know how like uh, some people are not uh, sanitation workers, and and city employers who aren't vaxxed aren't working uh, because they need to be vaxxed. You you've heard about that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or they're well, against the mandate or something. Right, right, against the mandate. <clears throat> well, apparently. Most of these anti-vaxxers are in Staten Island. So the sanitation in Staten Island is horrendous Like because there's no one there to clean the garbage because all the local garbage men the are mafia not- just won't take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> so Staten Island is actually more disgusting than it ha- ever has been. I think, because- isn't that their new slogan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're trying to attract tourists. <laughs> and that's their... That's their Island, it's even more disgusting than it usually is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's good to know that now i have uh another reason to not go there no, i actually went to Staten island like a couple years ago and um I, I was like amazed at how not horrible it was no I there's mean. a lot of nice places but sometimes you'll go to like i was there uh, what, last time i was there you see stores that you haven't seen in like years like that mm-hmm. should have been like like a blockbuster video or just <laughs> a circuit city <laughs> circuit city i could think they just forgot to tell staten island that those Gimbals. places went out of yeah went out of business years ago um, yeah 
All right. Well, uh, I think we have to wrap this up. It's about that time. Um, Molly Hecker, like that. Uh, it was great to talk to you again. It's been a while. Yes. Thanks, thanks so out. much for having me. You, you don't have any stand-up shows coming on or you, um, I don't have any, I don't have any right now. Um, right, well, maybe but I'll I'm going to, I just got my booster. So I'm going to start doing them again soon. I'm sure. All right, um, cool. And, um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, if you need anyone for the look, who's talking, the Mikey voice for look, who's talking, uh, just let me know. Yeah. First call. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, th- all right. Thanks for tuning in everybody. Uh, LE2B and, uh, please rate and review this podcast. Please, uh, buy Silk City Hot Sauce. We're sponsored by Silk City Hot Sauce. Uh, please go to SilkCityHotSauce.com. If you use the promo code Brooklyn, you get 15% off. And uh, we'll see you next time. Hit it. Oh, are we done? We're done. I think you're going to play music, but that's uh, cool. Oh, yeah. I'll play some music. Let's let's so do I an outro. I was zoning out for a second. Say it again. Say goodbye again. my voice is very hypnotic. Yeah. It's melodious. <laughs> I know you were just lost in my voice. Um <laughs> Okay, thanks a lot, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to LE2B. Uh, we'll see you next time. Get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Blowjobs. Keep it in your pants, Molly. <laughs>